Well, once again, thank you so much to all of those who have helped to put our worship service together. Uh, for <clears throat> Pam Pash, who was our liturgist this morning, for um, the Wesley Choir, which offered our music. Uh, last week, our music was offered by uh, Wendy V. Meyer, Deb Brown, and Derek Simons. Um, for our praise team and Wesley Choir, who help with our, uh, our hymns and our music. For Gary Brubaker, who puts everything together. Thank you. Um, and for those who've been able to serve in in-person worship as well as greeters and ushers and liturgists, oh, thank you. And if there's ways that you're interested in serving, please let us know. Um, we'd love to have you. Now we're starting this new series on tough words uh, because English is a hard language and sometimes there are words that are just hard to pronounce like mischievous or Colonel, which doesn't look like Colonel at all. It looks like colonel. I don't know. Um, or Worcestershire, washer, wash, you know, that sauce. Yeah, sometimes that's hard to pronounce too. I heard someone pronounce washer sister sauce, and I'm not sure that that's the right way, but now I can't get it out of my head. So there's these words that are hard to pronounce because of language, but then there's those words that are hard to say because of how they make, they, they make us feel. I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. And so this morning we start with, I love you. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> Well, um, I think it's important to start with why are these things hard to say? I love you. Why is that something that's hard to say? And I think because there's a certain level of vulnerability that goes with it. What if the other person doesn't say it back? What if they don't accept it? What if they don't mean it? I mean, it can be a really vulnerable position to be in. And being vulnerable is, is sometimes really difficult. So maybe in your family, I love you wasn't what you said most often, but there were other things that you said that you knew, you knew what they meant. I think that we have a lot of, sometimes it's especially in the Midwest, but I think everyone has them. Those things that we say when we mean I love you, but we don't necessarily say I love you, like watch out for deer. I mean, that's kind of, that's code for I love you, be careful. Um, call or text me when you get home. I want to know you're safe, right? I love you. <clears throat> Do you need something to eat? Something to drink? How can I take care of you? Because I love you. So sometimes we have those ways of saying it without saying it. Uh, when we were first dating, my husband, Stephen, was... <clears throat> <clears throat> he was much more sure about our relationship than I was. Now, he will tell you that by either our second or third date, he knew that it was love and that this was going to happen. Um, and when he first said, you know, those three words, I love you, um, my response was to pretend like I didn't hear it. I was just like, oh, I'm real romantic. Um, <clears throat> and so then he said it again. And my response was, oh, that's nice. When, when he asked me um, to make our relationship, you know, official, um, my also response was, I don't have a reason not to. I'm so romantic, right? 
Um, so when he said, I love you, and I said, oh, that's, that's nice. Um, he, um, he could have given up. Like he could have been like, she is a disaster. Um, but he didn't. Um, <clears throat> and instead he said, this is where I am and you don't have to be yet, but I need to say it. And well, the rest is history. <laughs> We've been married now for, um, for a couple years. This is where I am, and you don't have to be yet, but I need to say it. I love you. Well, here we are on the cusp of Valentine's Day. And for some people, they love Valentine's Day, and some people don't. Um, but let's talk about where Valentine's Day came from. St. Valentine, it's actually unclear who exactly this person was. There are several stories about a St. Valentine. The most likely story is that St. Valentine was a priest and was under arrest for evangelism and shared about Jesus with the judge who was beginning to sentence him. And so the judge brought his blind daughter to Valentine and said if Valentine, um, if Valentine healed her, the judge would do whatever he wanted. So Valentine prayed, laid hands on the girl, and she was healed. And so he told the judge to fast for three days and be baptized. And the judge did, and his whole household was baptized, and he freed all the Christian prisoners. Now Valentine continued to evangelize, which got him into further trouble. And ultimately, he appeared before Emperor Claudius, who actually really liked him until... Valentine just would not stop talking about Jesus. <clears throat> he um, was believed to have sent a letter to the young woman he healed and signed it, Your Valentine. He was martyred in the year 269. Now, the feast of St. Valentine <clears throat> began in 496 in the Roman Catholic Church, and it became associated with romantic love much later. It wasn't until the 14th century with some of the poems of Chaucer. And it was in the 19th century that there was much more of the fancy creation of cards. <clears throat> the average Valentine's spending has increased every year in the United States from $108 a person in 2010 to $131 a person in 2013. That's a lot to spend for Valentine's Day, right? Um, now, it's believed now to be one of those hallmark holidays, mostly because of the commercialization. And that's really true. I mean, you can walk into the stores and see all of the Valentine's Day stuff um, that sometimes gets put out before Christmas is even over. And so you can walk in any store and it's like pink and red everywhere. And so it feels like this is a commercial holiday. And yes, it is. And its origins were actually different. Now, Valentine's Day is a day that's associated with love. And because of the connections to romantic love, that can make the day really hard for some people. There um, are those who don't have a significant other or a partner to spend the day with who are reminded of that over and over. And not just the day of, but all the way leading up to it. There may be those who have lost their significant other or their partner and are widows or widowers. The day can be really difficult and easy to ignore or feel depressed or even lonely. 
And really that's the last thing that St. Valentine would have desired. So I want you, even though I've just talked about romantic love, not think about love romantically, but, but love. I think of a time when you have been loved fully, deeply and full. Maybe it was by a significant other, a partner, a spouse. Maybe it was a good friend. Maybe it was a parent or a family member, or maybe it was a stranger. Can you think of a time that you were loved deeply and fully? How did it feel? Did you do anything to earn it? And how did you respond? Now, thinking about Valentine's Day and love, um, these happy, sappy love from the stores, they're pretty and they sell a lot of stuff, but it's not, it's not real, true, deep love. I mean, sometimes it is, but, but love isn't always pretty. Sometimes love is staying up late to help a child finish a science project that they told you about two hours ago. Sometimes love is rubbing the back and holding the hair of someone who is throwing up. Sometimes love is listening to them cry on the phone. Sometimes love is having to apologize for harm. Sometimes love isn't pretty, but it's deep and it's full. Love undergirds everything. Who are the ones who love you exactly as you are? Who are the ones that you love exactly as they are? Now, in this time of pandemania, it has been a difficult time for any number of reasons. And I think it's also been hard to show love. Now, for some who are more of the physical expressions of love, some of the times of not being able to hug or shake hands or high five or, um, or show love in that way has been hard because you haven't been able to. Or even spending time with people, we've had to come up with new and different ways of doing that. Maybe not in the physical distance, but maybe it's over a phone or over Zoom. We're tired. I'm tired, you're tired, we're all tired. And when we're tired, it can sometimes also be hard to show love. Sometimes when we're just so focused on ourselves and, and how we feel, it can be hard to see how others might feel. And throughout this pandemania, um, it's always, it's been really hard for me to see how people talk about one another. I mean, political disagreements, pandemic disagreements. There has been so much arguing and, and not even debating, but, but fighting. People have said terrible things to one another or about one another. The name calling, Ugh, it hurts my heart. I watched um, um, one Facebook post that I saw that someone said, if you don't agree with me, I hope you die. Is that what we've resorted to? Is that how we show love? 
these, some of these times have felt anything but loving. And also, there have been expressions of love in creative and surprising ways. Sending meals to caregivers or to healthcare workers, people who have checked in on family and friends and neighbors, maybe more than they ever had before, sharing food and financial donations. I mean, this has been a complicated time to be sure. How do we show love? Now, in our gospel lesson, Jesus says that love means to lay down your life. And this is a big deal. And this seems like pretty big. And sometimes when we talk about it, it's almost too impossible. We think of big ways like hostage situations or I'll take a bullet for you. And those are big and those are really important. And sometimes it feels like, how am I going to do that? Or if you're thinking about that, are how many people are there that you take a bullet for? So what is love? Diana Butler Bass in her book, Freeing Jesus, she talks about it this way. She says, more typically, we lay down other things in friendship, surrendering isolation, burdens, despair, self-delusion. We lay down the lives we had when we accept the invitation to Jesus' dinner party. Laying down our lives doesn't necessarily mean putting our lives at risk. And it also can be risky to share a part of ourselves. It can be vulnerable. I love you. You don't have to say it back, but I need to say it. Love isn't just limited to a day. It's not limited to Valentine's Day. It's, it's how we live. So, so tomorrow or this week, show love to someone else. Selfless love. <clears throat> Maybe bake some cookies and take them to your neighbors or drop them off in a nursing home or a hospital. Maybe to a first responder, a fire, a fire department or the police department. Maybe to the Freeport Area Church Co-op. Maybe pick up some Valentine's Day cards from the, the store or make them at home and mail them to people. You can go through the church directory um, or maybe just drop them off at a nursing home or a school or, or someplace that it feels like, gosh, these people need to, need to be reminded that they're loved. Maybe call someone who has meant a lot to you and tell them that. Tell them that you love them and what you love about them. Wash the dishes or clean your bedroom. Do something without being asked. Now, showing love doesn't have to be perfect or even pretty. We are perfected in God's love. I mean, when you think about it, when your kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews made you breakfast in bed, was it a gourmet meal? Did it still mean more to you than anything else? I love you. What if we were so secure in our love from God that we stood in that love and said to others, I love you. And maybe if we can't say the words, we show them. We show others that we love them. 
brushing the snow off of their car, giving them a hot cup of coffee, letting them pass. Watch for deer. Call me when you get home. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No greater love than this, to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servant any longer because the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from the Father. You did not choose me, I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. I love you. Thanks be to God. Amen.